You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is is Nathan King. Welcome on in to the pregame pod week two edition as Auburn is gearing up as you're uh, as you're listening to this actually on Friday. They'll already be out there in California. I'll be out there as well actually if you're listening to this recording this here on uh, on Wednesday in Auburn but making the trip of course across the country for Auburn's night game against Cal. We bring in Jackson Moore of Bears Territory and Jackson, somebody maybe you guys recognize from last season because he also he runs a lot of sites on the 24-7 network, and he was kind enough to join us last year when Auburn played uh, played San Jose State. But completely different coaching staff, completely different type of game, so we're glad to have Jackson in here. And uh, Jackson, first of all, um, you know I would encourage everybody on our site to go read his, uh, his Q&A with me on Wednesday. Jackson, I thought that was awesome. Our readers really, really loved that, super in-depth. So we're going to rehash a lot of that stuff and, uh, and to obviously talk about this game as well but i'll ask you the same question i asked in that piece were you surprised by how good offensively cal was i mean jake spavitzall was obviously great when he was there last time but they don't have jared goff this time around they didn't even have their starting quarterback for for three-fourths of the game yet they go and hang 58 points 670 yards of offense how much of that surprised you there in uh, there in week one yeah you know it it should i mean <laughs> haven't scored that many points and like since the last head coach before coach Wilcox, like it's been a long time since they've scored 50 plus and 58. I, I couldn't have predicted that, but you know, I, I do appreciate at Cal. They open up basically the whole two first weeks of fall camp. You get to watch everything. They run a lot of 11 on 11. They scrimmage several times and you get a feel for what they were going to be. And they were explosive on offense. I mean, it was very clear after years of struggles on offense that, they put together a scheme that was going to create a lot of big plays. And, you know, from covering a lot of sites and teams and different coaching staffs and schemes, I've seen this play out before where if you're going to spread it out and take advantage of one-on-one matchups and throw the ball deep and pair it with the running game, I mean, you can totally take advantage of a lesser opponent if they don't have the athletes in the secondary. And I had a feeling that was kind of going to be the case in North Texas um, Cal's got a lot of athletes at receiver. It, it did end up being the running game that was probably even more impressive. I didn't see, really see that coming, but I expected a lot of big plays. I expected this to be a blowout type win because not necessarily Cal's that much better than North Texas, but because of the difference in schemes and the talent levels at certain positions. And I also expected that I wasn't going to say a whole lot about Cal after week one, <laughs> I don't know if that style and those matchups translate to a lot of the teams you're going to see in the Pac-12 to Auburn. So it's tough for me. This is kind of where I hit my my roadblock. Where I don't know what they're going to look like now after that first game, but 
I thought if North Texas was not quite as as talented as I thought they were not going to be, that Cal would be able to, to really put up points, and they sure did. Yeah, and that's why we love to get this insight from from those of you who are boots on the ground for Auburn's opponents because, um, you know, it's it was tough from a distance – and I can't say that I sat and watched that entire game, but but even upon rewatch, it was tough not to be um, not to be really impressed with with that performance, particularly um, on the ground. So it's good to obviously get the get the background there on what they've done schematically to open things up under Jake Spavitol, who's obviously there in a second stint. I thought it was interesting this week too, Jackson. Um, you know, this little bit of a storyline with him going against Ron Roberts round three, basically mm-hmm. for them, they they matched up a couple times. Um, shoot, when Spavital was at Texas State, they had a really good game against Baylor in 2021. I mean, that was a that was like a top five defense in the country, and they hung around in that one. So that was something that, that Spavital talked about um, this week. I want to dive in just real quick to the quarterbacks as we talk about this on Wednesday. Sam Jackson called himself today a game-time decision. He said he's expecting he's going to play. Obviously, he's going to go into the game wanting to play, um, but it seems like that's that's kind of where he's at right now. Talk to me a little bit about why he won the job, how he was able to win the job, the different the differences between him and and Ben Finley, and and I guess you know how much of a difference does it really make who they've got at quarterback on on Saturday against Auburn? Yeah, you know he came in in the spring as a transfer from TCU, and they basically returned no one. Their their top three quarterbacks all had left already by that point, and they basically gave him the keys of the car. And he kind of played his way out of holding those keys anymore <laughs> because he is a very dynamic athlete, just does a lot of spectacular things, but still kind of knew the quarterback position, uh, not very experienced there and made a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers. And I kind of left spring thinking retro freshman Fernando Mendoza might eventually be the guy because Jackson was just such a liability. And then when the fall camp came around, they brought in Ben Finley and Jackson still had the keys to the car, and all of a sudden it was not just a two-quarterback competition, but a three-quarterback competition uh, by about the first few days of camp. Um, they thought, Jake Spavadol said at one point, he thought each of those three guys was going to be a starter at some point during camp, and Jackson finally kind of reined it in and figured it out and limited the turnovers about the last week of camp, and then they went full speed with him from that point on. So from... I mean, a quarterback competition level, it doesn't make a huge difference because they kind of felt good with any of them at one point, and especially Finley and Jackson were especially close by the end of it. But from a stylistic standpoint, they couldn't be more different. I mean, Jackson is – I mean, the only comp I can compare him to, I can't say he's nearly as good, of course, but Johnny Manziel, he just does things in the backfield, extends plays, runs around. He probably is better throwing the ball – when he's panicking than he is actually sitting in the pocket. So it's just a bizarre kind of style, but it makes a lot of big plays. You can run read option with them. And so I think the best version of Cal that they can put on the field this year is he's the quarterback and he's playing great. Uh, you also have the downside where he could be a liability, <laughs> depending on how he handles the situation and if he turns the ball over. Whereas Finley, it's kind of more of a, a pocket passer. I mean, to, totally opposite he is not going to have many mistakes he's got a much higher floor but i would say a much lower ceiling so they could be better off with him on a certain day but uh, they may not get that top end performance out of him like jackson could be capable of doing if he figures it out yeah i thought it was really interesting we we, we mentioned this on our podcast on uh, on thursday but you know jackson was asked about whether you know oh could that be an advantage 
if they don't know who the quarterback is. And he pointed out, he was like, uh, they got Robbie Ashford over there. Like they have a guy who runs around, like they'll be fine. And I thought that that was just a very, I thought, you know, intuitive thing for him to to notice, you know, because you've got Thorne is much more of a, Thorne's obviously much more of a pocket guy like Finley. So he's like, ah, they've been doing that throughout camp. Um, you know, we, and we also mentioned on the show too, but that, that connection between Thorne and Jackson is pretty cool as well. Thorne sort of mentored him. And then when Thorne went to Michigan State, he became the quarterback. Like you said, he's relatively new to that position. He played receiver for Thorne there uh, in the Chicago area. So um, Jade Knott is a guy who is getting a lot of buzz from uh, – from. I mean, he's the first name Hugh Freeze mentioned on Monday. Obviously, a buck 88, two touchdowns. He was a guy that kind of popped off to me in the offseason when I was looking at all of Auburn's opponents as, hey, he might be – I mean, he might be one of the better running backs they face all season. Maybe, you know, top five, six, seven running backs they play this year. I mean, he looked awesome in that game. I mean, he looked really, really great. I know they have a good one-two tandem there as well. This could be a game where there's there's a lot of different running backs on the field between both these teams that are really good. How did that rushing attack – I know, correct me if I'm wrong, four or five starters back on the O-line for, for Cal. How did that rushing attack sort of, uh, sort of manifest itself to be so successful, and what do you expect out of them on Saturday? Yeah, last year it was – seemed like it was just all hot and I mean he was a four-star recruit they expected big things out of him but he kind of passed up some other guys that had played quite a bit just within the first couple of weeks he had an almost 300 yard game at one point last season and while the O-line brings a lot of guys back not a very effective group last year uh, more so with pass protection but not the greatest in the run game either you know that is the offense as a whole didn't have many bright spots besides Ott so um it was a little curious to see how it was going to work out with the new scheme this year, how, uh, I mean, going from more of a pro style to that spread attack, if it was going to fit him. But I think ultimately he's best when he's in space and this offense creates a whole lot of space and they found space for him a lot <laughs> against North Texas. So uh, that worked out well. I'm a little skeptical of the rest of the room. I was surprised how well they did. Um, just Isaiah Ifonse just, didn't have the greatest camp. He's uh, put up a lot of numbers at Montana State, but he went to San Jose State also. We've talked about the Spartans, and I cover them, and uh, didn't pan out all that well there and transferred a second time this offseason to Cal. Um, they had three other Power 5 running back transfers who none of them are active right now, so it hasn't panned out. The other back they played a lot, Ashton Stradix, a walk-on. So I think uh, probably Odd is going to be leaned on much more in tighter games, but if they can find what, I mean, Afonso, again, he was a, a career rushing leader at Montana state. So there's gotta be something in there. That I didn't see in practice too much. And I do really like Stradic. So odds, uh, the difference maker, I, I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into the other guys unless they can put a couple more performances like that together. I think Mike Blesch, the new O-line coach, who is also the run game coordinator, is probably the one to credit most of the running improvements with the blocking and the schemes I, I really like him and I think he's had a big impact beyond just Jake Spavitt all being here just quickly before we move to the other side of the ball you know there's been a lot made of Auburn's run defense I mean they were really bad last year program record for touchdowns allowed um, second to last in the SEC in yards per carry. I mean they, they were dreadful um, and then eh, shaky at best against UMass I mean it's UMass so the game was out of hand really quickly but to me i mean that's the that is the matchup that i'm looking at for if auburn early in this game starts slowing cal down i think i mean they can really be in a good position here 
do they have a you know you mentioned that offensive line I'm, I'm, I'm just curious Auburn's D-line isn't what they always are and Jay not kind of alluded to that today with a bit of a, a kind of a bulletin board quote but um, he's at the end of the day he's right like they don't have the guys they're always used to having is Cal in a position to take advantage of that do you think um I probably more scheme based and or just the lack thereof the strength of Auburn if that is the case just because again this old line is not the greatest uh, they've accounted for some pieces this offseason uh they did add in barrett miller who's a transfer from stanford as he's the left tackle um they added another transfer matthew wyckoff from texas a&m who did not start on saturday but ended up playing the majority of the game due to the injury of matthew Sindrick, who they missed all last year with injury and was back for the season opener so they're a little better off personnel wise but I don't know if it's a, a huge difference from the group they put out there. There's still two or three guys that were starting in that group last year. That wasn't great. And the best perceived O-lineman of that group last year transferred out to Arizona State. He's out with injury or he'd be starting over there. So um, you know, it's not the strongest Power 5 O-line by any means, but I think they have a scheme and um, an approach to the running game that can be more successful beyond that group's talent. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, that that makes me even more excited to see what Robert's schemes up again because if it is so scheme based right now for Cal to see how he's he sort of counters that so that'll be a really fun sort of chess match I think to watch on Saturday um the Cal defense as I understand it pretty experienced um lots of guys back in terms of returning production I know they were really high up there um in the offseason what are some of the pillars and strengths of this defense because Auburn kind of on the other end is, is sort of it's sort of the same sort of team they they really like to run the ball passing game I think we'll be good with Thorne, but it's early in the year. He's a new quarterback. Is Cal going to be in position to take advantage of that, do you think? What are what are some of the strengths for them on defense? Yeah, some of the strengths, I mean, they're always well-stocked at inside linebacker. Jackson Sermon's that guy right now, uh, an all-pack 12-type player. He's a sixth-year senior who transferred from Washington after being a successful guy over there. His dad, Peter Sermon's the defensive coordinator. So, um, I mean, a lot starts and finishes with him there. He's the guy that's going to clean up the majority of plays. Uh, for them. Um, they're usually pretty well equipped at outside linebacker, and that's the case this year. They're going to really rush off the edge. This was a 3-4 scheme. They kind of got played out of it in today's college football, and now they run more of a 2-4 nickel basically all game long. That's their base now. Um, they're going to have a nickel back out there. And in the secondary, they were known as a, a ball hawking team. That's kind of been lost the last couple of years, but they've got some new faces back there. They've got Two transfers, um, Noel Williams from UNLV is at cornerback. Patrick McMorris from San Diego State was an all-conference guy for uh, in the Mountain West. He's starting back there. 
and a junior college transfer, uh, Matthew Littlejohn, has also earned the nickelback job. So they tried to shore up secondary. Um, I think just overall, you look at the 24 guys on the depth chart, I think it's a pretty strong group. There's not a lot of drop-off in depth or weak spots per se, but not a lot of top-end talent either. Um, so aside from Sermon, I don't know if there's many next-level guys on this defense. So it's well-rounded, but not perhaps enough difference makers, I think, to be what this defense has been in the Wilcox era before. What is the what does the pass rush look like? Or is it too early to tell? Because I just think such a huge if Cal can run the ball, where I sort of stand is that Thorne's gonna have to play well because they're gonna have to put up some points. And if he doesn't play well, I think Cal's in position to win. Yeah, they're gonna rely on those edge rushers at outside linebacker. If I had to point to one group I'm not as confident about, it'd probably be the tackles. There's only two on the field and it hasn't been an overly effective group. They have Brett Johnson back who was the star over a thousand days ago before the first of two critical injuries uh, that he, he hasn't played since then, had a car accident or was involved in a vehicular situation, lost 2021, uh, came back after all that, missed 2022 with injury right before the season started. So he did play against North Texas and he did all right. So he could be a difference maker for them if he's truly back. Uh, but they're going to rely on those outside linebackers. They've got a lot of them they're going to throw out there. Xavier Carlton's a former four-star guy who was at Utah. They've got a sixth-year senior, David Reese from Florida. Uh, Miles Jernigan and Miles Williams have both been really effective pass rushers. So, you know, if they can do enough on the interior, those four guys are going to just cycle in and out and try to cause havoc off the edge. How big of a game would you sort of perceive this to be, not only this season, but um, you know, overall for the state of the program and where they're at? I know you said in, in our piece this week, that you didn't necessarily subscribe, you know, black and white to the to the opinion that that maybe Wilcox is coaching for his job um, this season. But, you know, I've just seen a lot of buzz. I understand it's their home opener. Um, it just seems like a game that I think is going to carry a lot of buzz behind it for Cal. What have you kind of seen this week and kind of what do you make of of where what this game would mean for them to to go forward this season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming off the offensive performance, I mean, they've been so desperate, this fan base for some offense and to do what they did, people are going to be really excited to see the team just come home in general, let alone hosting an SEC opponent. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. I think it's more about the timing than anything else. This you know, this team has just lost momentum early in previous seasons, and it's been tough for people to really get too excited about particular games unless it's Stanford at the end of the year. Um, and so this is a chance for them to not only have this game, but if they win, to kind of roll into some other big games after it it's also just the Pac-12 is so strong this year this could be a difference making win in terms of trying to get to bowl eligibility so there's a lot on this game I think just fans again coming off of a big offensive performance home opener the name of the opponent it's going to be a huge deal and uh, I mean it could be a difference maker I think Cal when there's a reason for a good atmosphere they put on a pretty good atmosphere but there just haven't been many of those games the last couple of seasons, and now it feels like they finally got one. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I can remember some of those night games where, um, you know, Cal's Cal's got a pretty decent sized opponent there, and uh, and it's been some pretty good atmospheres. Like you said, it hasn't been a few years for that. Um, we'll wrap it up here. Couple factors for you in in who's going to win this game, and and ultimately which way you're leaning right now. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I'm looking for is what Cal, I mean, just in general, what they do on offense, but how they do it. I mean, this is one of those schemes where if 
you don't match up like if you match up well, you can put up a lot of points. If you don't match up well, you might go three and out in 45 seconds and be down a score before you know it. And uh, this is also a game maybe where even Finley, more so Jackson, if they're out there, there could be some mistakes and turnovers. That wasn't a big problem in North Texas. So, you know, that I just want to see if they're able to not just have explosive plays, which I think they will in this game over the course of 60 minutes, but if they're efficient on the long run, if they avoid the big mistakes, because I do kind of feel like they're going to shoot themselves in the foot enough on offense to where it's going to cost them. Um, that's kind of how I imagine this game's going to go. I think the defense will, again, I mean, play all right, but I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game when you factor in the way Cal is going to have quick possessions, is going to have a lot of snaps. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for Auburn to score too. So um, as you mentioned, the running game for Cal, I think that's a big deal too. If they do that, maybe they can control the tempo a little bit better, take some of the game out of the quarterback's hands who uh, could decide it or, you know, either way, <laughs> a good game getting a win or a bad game being a loss. I think they're better off if Ott leads the way and they take a lot of responsibility out of the QBs and have some more sustained drives and not just throw three times and, and punt. That could be brutal. So um, I, I think that matchup, Cal's offense versus Auburn's defense, will be the, the decider. I think it's more of a, a stalemate on the other side of the ball, that a stalemate that's going to produce a lot of Auburn points. But <laughs> there's more variance, I think, when the other two uh, units are on the field. Do you have a Do you have a prediction at this point, or are you waiting to hold it? Um, I believe I went 38-31 Auburn. I had it I think 31-24 and I, I gave both teams an extra touchdown just, I think Cal's going to try to run about 100 snaps or so if they can and it's going to inflate the score I think a little bit than, than would be anticipated so uh, I think both teams are going to have a lot of big plays and that uh, Cal's just going to have too many of the negative plays in this matchup but uh, I sure wouldn't mind if I, I was wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would be like you said that you know that fan base that you cover and and this program overall been waiting for a a win like this and um, you know should be a great environment. I've never been to California before. I've said that a couple times on our pod, so I'm really looking forward to getting out there and uh, kind of spending the weekend there and seeing what uh, what this matchup has in store. So thank you so much, um, Jackson, for your second appearance on the Auburn Undercover <laughs> Podcast. Um, maybe, maybe sometime in the future, they'll get to scheduling one of your teams again. Um, and, uh, and now, you know, you couple of co cover a couple of ACC powers now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that, has to be a, uh, sure that has to be a good feeling. Maybe there'll be some more crossover there, but, um, anyway, thank you so much, Jackson. You guys can follow him on Twitter, Jackson more 24 seven, um, bear territory.net. It's an awesome website name, by the way, on our network, bear territory.net, all your Cal stuff over there. And, uh, yeah, we're just super appreciative. All, as always, of uh, somebody on our network to hop on and preview Auburn's opponents. So if you guys enjoyed the show today, please leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing you can do to help us out. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him, Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, which will be me and Jason recapping from the stadium, an Auburn win or a loss very, very late. We will be recording it. Not on the West Coast, it'll be late, but back on the East Coast. It's going to be super late into the night. Um, we, will, uh, we will catch you guys then. So everybody enjoy the game. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all soon. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Oh, magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. 
in the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you got to do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. 